0: Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFiera. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a belly of sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how are you doing here on this fine Thursday?
1: Doing good, LJ. Lots of work to get done, certainly, but, uh, you know... We had a pretty eventful day in the MLB yesterday. Of course, we did get to talk about Clayton Kershaw on yesterday's show, but we had some fireworks last night uh, and can't wait to talk about it as this is our um, Team of the Week show every Thursday. We're going to go over our Team of the Week, our Player of the Week. um, So let's let's get right into it.
0: All right, yeah. So, of course, we're going to have to start with the big news of the day. Brandon, I believe, I could be wrong on this, this is at least the big, the biggest first one of the year, a bingo, bango, Yahtzee supreme for Vladdy, a bingo, bango, Yahtzee supreme for Vladdy against all odds, as even though the Yankees tried to take him out early in this game, he ends up hitting almost 1,300 feet worth of home runs last night.
1: He certainly did, LJ. And let me tell you, um, one of the more impressive performances I've seen, um, especially because he gets cleated in the first inning um, unintentionally by Aaron Hicks. Um, Just very strange play, Vladdy. You know, it's kind of a bad throw. He's reaching his hand down. Hicks is running straight up the baseline. Um, Vladdy's using his hand to kind of steady himself. Um, You know, then. He cuts his hand open, and since it's Vladdy, the umps don't care, and they give him ten minutes to get his hand taped up. You know, there's no rule apparently against you. you just get as much time as you want to deal with injuries now, I guess. Um, but I was fine with that. I mean, I'm all for letting him stay in the game, but it was a bit of an unnecessary delay. Aaron Boone certainly not very pleased with how they handled that situation. Um, it, but-
0: it wasn't. It was a nasty uh, injury. It, no,
1: it certainly was, yeah. but at, at oh, some. Oh, I, I
0: agree with you, but
1: at some point, you
0: have to like get get going and get on with your life. But yeah, it just his hand was sc- got screwed up by Aaron Machado. <laughs>
1: Aaron Machado, uh, very funny. Um, no, you know he takes Garrett Cole deep twice, uh, three home runs total in the game, and you know I don't even want to say Garrett Cole pitched bad because. <laughs> He pretty much dominated every other batter except for Vladdy. Uh, it's just, after the first home run, just just walk the guy at that point. Um, or just try to pitch around him. Uh, but regardless, the Yankees do lose to the Blue Jays. Blue Jays can take 3 out of 4 in the Bronx should they win tonight. Kevin Gaussman versus Luis Severino. I'm very excited to be able to sit down and watch that. But... Uh, I mean, LJ... I
0: think the question here... Sorry, go ahead.
1: Oh, I. you can go right ahead. What is your question for me?
0: Does Vladdy play tonight is a big question I would have to ask.
1: He plays every day. I mean, come on now.
0: Oh, I know, I know, I know. But at the same time, you did just uh, have this guy's hand demolished by Aaron Machado in the first inning of that game, plays the whole game. This might be one of those situations where the team says, all right, got to sit your butt down.
1: Yeah, um, it certainly could be. But, um, you know, the fact that they had to basically tape him to the dugout <laughs> to avoid him, to make him so he wouldn't play last year, uh, I'd have to assume he's going to play tonight.
0: just made no sense whatsoever. Again, I need to say, it, it's bugging me more now than ever. The fact that... You made you forcibly made him sit out of the game. So he didn't play his entire season. He didn't play every single game of the year. But you let other players on the team do it. Yeah. Like what's different between him and Marcus Simeon, other than the fact that you have more you have a long longer period of control over Vladdy and you kinda wanna keep him, you know, you want to be able to preserve him a little bit, but one game isn't gonna preserve him enough it just seems so pointless that, that that really is starting to irritate me now it's it's pointless to be irritated by it but I am so too bad
1: well end of the day um you know he still shows that he's LJ is he is he starting to get a little Albert Pujols in him the fact that he literally got metal in his hand and then just Goes and hits three home runs. Do we have to, uh, you know, test this guy? Make sure that he's he's not a robot.
0: Well, perhaps perhaps that was um perhaps one of the uh, cleats, one of the spikes ended up coming out into his hand, and they just like surgically put it in in those ten minutes. Maybe he's a cyborg now.
1: Hmm? Uh, Yeah, that's what I'm asking. You know, we always the second
0: coming of the machine, the cyborg.
1: The cyborg Vladdy Guerrero Jr. But. LJ, um, did we want to jump right into our team of the week? Because we know we're going to go through all the positions and it will take quite a bit. Or do you have any other notable things that you would like um, to bring up?
0: No, again, this is going to take a while. So I was pretty much prepared to not talk about anything else tonight. Today, definitely Saturday, we'll probably touch on the Red Sox contract negotiation fiasco that broke every which way last night, but that can be held off for later in the week. Seeing nothing's going to change between now and the end of the season. Um, It's probably best to get into leaderboards and team of the week.
1: Well, let's start with leaderboards. Um, So I'll go over a few of the main categories. Not going to be very redundant here. Um, Home runs, Vladdy Jr.'s got four. And then we've got a six-way tie between Jose Ramirez, Nolan Arenado, Seiya Suzuki, Anthony Rizzo, Byron Buxton, and Oscar Mercado with three. Uh, in terms of RBIs, Jose Ramirez at 14, Pete Alonso at 10. When we look at the stolen bases category, Luis Robert and Miles Straw both have four stolen bases. Uh, I believe they have more than 26 or 27 teams do at this point, so pretty interesting. Jumping over to batting average, um, it is G Man Choi rocking a 563. And when we go to on base percentage, it is G Man Choi rocking a 667 batting average there, or excuse me, on base percentage there. Um, LJ, was there any other batting leaderboard notes that you had?
0: Um, yes, Marcelo Zuna and Matt Olson are tied for a good piece of hitting for those of you who don't remember that is either a oh my gosh i'm gonna forget now i believe that's either a walk or at bat that results in a walk or a hit ball fair of 90 miles an hour or more is that and that correct? Was,
1: yes and you said Marcelo zuna and matt olsen
0: so two braves end up at the top with 17 apiece. next comes christian yelich again we haven't got a chance to talk about this but Christian Yelich bounce back season it's here it's real I'm 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 bought in
1: let's go I'm 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 all aboard the hype train I was never off it uh to be fair uh that's definitely not true but (laughs) 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 but but, um so good piece of hitting Matt Olson, of course uh having a great start in Atlanta certainly not the best peripheral numbers um but nice to see that he is hitting the ball hard um and those hits will certainly come at some point um moving over to the pitching leaderboards there's two pitchers that have two or there's two starting pitchers that have two wins uh, in terms that are qualified for innings pitch that's Tyler Miguel and Max Scherzer both are two and oh saves Jordan Romano has four, I want to say, uh, which really impressive already. Four games, four saves for him. Josh Hader, Taylor Rogers, and Ryan Presley both have three. Presley could have had a fourth yesterday. He does blow the game in extra innings to the Diamondbacks. And then in terms of strikeouts, Shane McClanahan, uh, I think he has 15 strikeouts in nine innings. So, Really impressive uh, what he's done so far, and um, in a few weeks, we'll start to get into our way-too-early Cy Young and MVP stuff, but certainly a name to look out for within uh, his next few starts.
0: Yeah, only one thing for pitching for me, of course, good piece of pitching. It's basically the anti-good piece of hitting, and we end up with... Chris Bassett and Shane Bieber tied at 16, good pieces of pitching this season. The one difference between the two, first off, Shane Bieber is great. You should be definitely happy to be in that conversation because he's pitched very well to start the year. But Chris Bassett is at 16, and he's only pitched once. He's he's on the bump tomorrow and has a chance to definitely blow that out of the water. Currently, by percentage, in terms of percent of at-bats, He's looking at 72.7% of his at-bats are a good piece of pitching. Wow. That's nasty.
1: So not even Kershaw has a higher good piece of pitching um, in terms of percent, which is very surprising to me. Um, But good for Chris Bassett. Good good for the Mets. Three great starting pitchers uh, that they've had already this year.
0: All right. Um, As for a little more to break down here I did pull up umpire scorecard for their statistics as well certainly definitely something we should be checking out the in terms of accuracy our accuracy leader this year in one game 165 pitches 97.6 percent correct Vic Carapazza congratulations to him and in terms of average run impact Vic carapazza also leads there the worst currently is jerry meals who in one game impacted i'm not sure which game actually i'm gonna check 2.7 runs in favor of it, one team in one game behind the plate
1: that seems hard to do
0: that seems incredibly hard to do it was minnesota la
1: there must have been a very um high leverage situation and he called a pitch uh wrong which is usually what swings those run expectancy uh charts or that stat uh the most is how high leverage the situation really is but it's
0: got to be really high leverage to get it up into the
1: twos yeah uh you know, we'll do a little more research on that. Certainly, we'll figure out exactly what pitch it was, what what happened. But that is two point seven. That's that's 2. crazy. Two point
0: seven average run impacts, so or really run impact in his first game. I'm assuming he's going to be at the bottom of the accuracy. No, he's not. Andy Fletcher with an eighty six point six percent correct calls. Then, of course, you have some of the you know. Normal names. Gabe Morales is down in the bottom of most of these leaderboards as well. Um, who else did I see that I definitely knew in here? Bill Miller's there.
1: LJ did you Angel see what, yeah. Speaking of yeah. Angel Hernandez, tell <laughs> me you saw what he was doing the other night.
0: Yeah, what on earth, like how I mean I get it, he's an old man. Like you need to you need to loosen up the joints. But that was the strangest that was the strangest thing I've ever seen alright maybe not the strangest thing I've seen on a baseball field we've seen a lot but it made no sense
1: uh, I, I don't know drugs. I don't know there's there's no explanation for what uh, he he was doing behind the plate it, it almost looked like he was trying to do sign language but then just kind of like stretching kind of just le- like,
0: and then his legs got involved
1: yeah, it's, it's hope he's doing okay. Uh, <laughs> but LJ, should we hop in to our team of the week? We're going through yes, uh, starting nine plus a DH, and within that, within those ten, we will pick one who is our player of the week. Um, let's start at catcher. LJ, who you got
0: at catcher? I went with the easy choice, also way too easy a choice. Tyler Stevenson.
1: Yeah. Oh, what
0: yeah. a week for this man. I mean, really, I mean, not only is he natural, ends up four war slashes two ninety-four, three eighty-one, and six forty-seven for a four thirty-one WOBA and one eighty-two weighted runs created plus. Yeah, he struck out a lot, didn't walk much, but the real piece to this guy the real thing for him to hang his hat on brandon he ends up with a 1.4 defensive runs above average in week one
1: and a big part of that he threw out three runners in the same game the other day three
0: that's just again we're we're not going to see that that crooked a number the rest of the year there's no doubt about that in my mind
1: yeah uh I hope that, you know, this guy, we saw last year a little bit of flash in the pan from him. He's kind of turning himself, at least so far this year, into a legitimate catcher. Like, a guy that you can trust um, at the plate. Two homers
0: and six RBIs as well.
1: Yeah, uh, a guy that the Reds could certainly use uh, in that Lineup, which is which could certainly use um, a little more uh, spark to it, uh, for sure. I went with Tyler Stevenson, too. That was probably out of all of these, did the, the easiest choice.
0: All right, Brandon, you want to start us up with second base?
1: We're skipping first base. First
0: base would be the next one that would come up. Yes,
1: first base. Uh, I went with uh G Man Choi over. Uh, Vladdy, look, G Man Choi here. Uh, 21 plate appearances, and he's got a 23.8% walk rate. Uh, he's hitting, for slashing, 563, 667, 1.063. LJ, how about the Woba of 701? And a waiter runs created plus of 372.7 war. Uh, Owen Miller is also up there, too. He's been having a great week for the Guardians. But um, G-Man Choi is awesome uh, and has always been super underrated on the Rays. And it's about time he gets his recognition.
0: Yeah, I did not end up going with G-Man Choi. It was a very tough week for first baseman defensively when you look at the metrics across the league. And, of course, that's a big thing for me when I'm picking these uh, teams of the week, players of the week, I'm not going to pick a guy who's not a plus defender. It's such a big part of the game. Unfortunately, the only person with even a z- even an even, like, zero week was DJ LeMahieu. And he maybe, what he did he do, one game at first this week? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not counting that. So I ended up going with the closest thing I could get to something decent. Brandon Belt slashes 438, 526, 875 with two homers. Very strong start to his season definitely and he's the type of guy who will pick it up in the field as well
1: if he can stay healthy uh this might be a hot take but i mean i think he had like a crazy amount of home runs and not a lot of games last year dude could be like he could get mvp votes he's still that good um yeah last year 29 home runs in 97 games so uh he he still rakes uh glad that He's come back from injury and started off the season uh very, very strong. LJ, second base. Who'd you go with?
0: I grabbed up Gene Segura of the Philadelphia Phillies. Ends up slashing 353, 421, and 765. That's again 765 in five games. Really, really solid work. And that's two home runs along with that. So I'm not expecting him to stay up at this clip no one showed especially with the strikeout numbers being what they were this week 15.8 percent but this is a very strong week from him and clearly the best among these options
1: yeah i went with gene segura also but i was very very close to picking tommy edmund uh tommy Edmonds only played in four games though that's what kind of uh discouraged me from picking him um uh, hmm. but lj you went over gene Segura's stats obviously very good uh to start the season uh but tommy edmund rocking the uh, 385 batting average as well
0: all right third base brandon where, where are you looking
1: uh this one was easy give me jose ramirez leading the mlb in rbis uh lj 14 rbis in six games ridiculous I'm assuming you also went with him.
0: Oh, yeah, there's no no doubt about it. There's no other way to legitimately, like, who else could you pick and feel comfortable? I mean, yes, Nolan Arenado, but that's just a disrespect to everyone involved with the way that Jose Ramirez has started the season. The lineup, I think, is better this year than it was last year around him. That's going to give him even more help. And the fact that he's under contract long-term now I'm sure is a good mental piece for him as well. This could be a massive year. This could be the year of Jose Ramirez,
1: the best corner infielder in the MLB,
0: no doubt. Well, no doubt. Yes,
1: Vladdy makes a close. I think,
0: I think we're yeah we're going to be talking about this in a very tight race at the end of the year, as Vladdy ends up top five in MVP for the second straight year. But again, I could easily I could easily very easily see jose ramirez winning mvp and keeping that conversation about where it is so yeah we'll have to see
1: lj it's shortstop were you able to resist the urge from picking wander franco
0: (laughs) you know i wasn't what are you trying to say here look dude stolen base rbi 440 batting average don't really count it because or I mean not not that I don't count it excuse me that wasn't the right word I was looking for you have to take into consideration that's with an 0 for 5 last night like you're not going to go 0 for 5 very often in a season especially this guy won't so that shows how dominant the first couple games were he was up around 700 before that night I'm 99% sure so that's just ridiculous pace and you know his defensive numbers didn't look good last year because he struggled early when he came up but he worked them back towards being average we're going to see an above average year from him in the field i really feel
1: wander franco lj four out of the six games he's played in this year he's had multiple hits the other two games zero hits so if he's getting a hit in a game he's getting more than one uh and heading into last night, LJ, he was rocking the 550 batting average. He was at 600 batting average um, April 11th, so two days ago. So, uh, certainly showing us that he, uh, you know, he's, he's Wander Franco. Uh, you know, there's there's not really much more to, to say there. I did not pick him, though. I picked J.P. Crawford. Uh, Blasphemy. Look, J.P. Crawford, LJ rocking the 17.4 percent walk rate to wander's 3.7 uh and he's got the 210 weighted runs created plus a point four war um that had himself a really solid week uh also got an extension which you know may or may not have had a little bit of a factor for me Definitely but um, yeah nice to see jp crawford um having a nice week uh he's had a hit in his last five games only game he didn't have a hit was opening day so um hopefully he can he can keep it going uh for a mariners team that i hope uh can you know really pick it up here
0: all right brandon now i pose the question to you were you able to resist it yourself were you able to resist hitting with stephen kwan on this fine day
1: no i i i, I would i would be a fool to to not hit the stephen Kwan. um l j his first swing and miss came in his sixth game and that's also including spring training um which however many games he played in spring training uh the dude is just nuts twenty seven point six percent walk rate and twenty nine plate appearances slashes five twenty six six fifty five on base percentage uh 282 weighted runs created plus i mean you're talking about a guy 182 percent better than the league average hitter there uh it's it's stevie kwan uh and has been doing levels for my fantasy team
0: well i was capable of resisting the steven kwan i have rules i have to stick to them i have a reputation to uphold that's why i go with jeff mcneil he goes 318, 400, 455 with a home run this week. Very strong start for them. Very strong start in general. I mean, Starling Marte kind of struggling. But other than that, this has been a very strong start for the Mets outfield.
1: All right, LJ, in center field, uh, this one was really tough for me. Who, who, who did you pick here?
0: Brandon Nimmo, and I was not expecting to be picking Brandon Nimmo until I really dove into the rest of the league and the stats. You know, I had Buxton in mind. I had um, Robert in mind. And then you look at what he has been able to do this season five war to start the year, slashing 333, 429, 708. He leads – yeah, he's – I'm sorry. He's second, of course, with two home runs which guy was that I was looking at that was up there with that either way this has been a very strong start for this guy for the beginning of the year very strong start for the Mets
1: I went with Luis Robert or Robert however you want to call him uh two home runs four stolen bases in his first five games rocking the three fifty-three 381 700 slash line uh and i mostly made this pick because i think that this guy is gonna really have a fantastic season this year we saw flashes of it last year 3.6 war in just 68 games we're talking about a potential six or seven war guy uh in the future and i wouldn't be surprised if it's somehow this year um he is so electric such blazing speed and brings you great value in the outfield uh just such a fun player to watch. Really reminds me a lot of a guy like Byron Buxton. Um, just without, not as fast, but as dynamic of a player, certainly.
0: Now, Brandon, who are you thinking for right field?
1: Say a Suzuki. Uh, the guy is what you have to realize with him is that every stadium he plays in is a new is new to him. He's, he hasn't played in any of these parks ever and to still have like a pretty good defensive value to start the year when you compare him to the rest of these outfielders uh super impressive and then you bring in the fact 9 RBIs 3 home runs in 5 games uh sure the walks are pretty high the strikeouts are pretty high but uh he is A really fun player to watch the plate. I love his approach. Friends with some Cubs fans here. So we've been catching quite a few of his plate appearances. And uh, he just battles at the plate. Uh, Takes pitches, fouls off pitches five, six times in a row if he has to. Uh, And uh, LJ, I feel like such a fool not picking this guy for the NL rookie of the year i mean he how how could i not he's in his physical prime uh and he is a rookie even though his age i don't know what i was thinking picking bryson stott i still think that he's good but say is on another level here
0: you see that that's why you just name drop your guys as your sleeper picks that's what you do that that's was a big brain point. move in, in my eyes you talked me into say suzuki because i hadn't really stopped to consider that he's never played in any of these parks like this was his first time actually playing a game, even in Wrigley. So, get, with that being considered, having the best negative defensive values out of these right fielders in a very weak week is fantastic, and it's really great to see. In my eyes, getting three home runs, fantastic. I would definitely say. You talk about the high walk and high strikeouts. I don't necessarily see it changing all that much throughout the year because you're right. Having watched this guy, the plate discipline is there. The mental part and the mental aspects of the game are there, but there's still a lot to adjust to in the majors. So I see this guy being the type of guy that's going to work counts throughout the season, but it's also going to strike out a lot like the majority of these foreign professionals when they come over their first year very often they struggle to catch up to some of the pitching. You're going to see the highest strikeout rate, but I really do think you'll see the high walk rate too.
1: Yeah, and even a guy like Otani, LJ, last year, he had around a 30% strikeout rate. So we're used to these uh, guys coming over from Japan. Um, they they swing for the fences. Uh, and when they, when they make contact, it's certainly uh, a sight to see. Um, do we want to do DH or pitcher here? Let's do a
0: DH thing. We already skipped his pitcher a while ago.
1: Who you got, LJ, at DH?
0: Tyler Naquin. Good week. I mean, again, there's not much you could say in terms of the DHs. You either had it that week or you didn't. He slashes 389, 450, 722. Only one home run, but this team really needed his contributions. Offensively, again, you talk about all that they've lost. He's one of the few. Professional, not not professional. Excuse me, that's not the right way to say it. But established players in Cincinnati now that you really feel produces consistently. I mean, really, I think of Tyler Naquin. I think of Joey Vado. And at that point, that's the that's the team, like of long term players who I feel produce consistent offense. And they needed him to step up. He did
1: yeah uh, i agree with you i also went with tyler naquin uh dh kind of had a weak weak week, week, week uh, if that makes sense i uh,
0: think sure having shohei struggle really killed the dh
1: <laughs> yeah you know there's other guys in there like you know pete alonso does qualify for dh so does castellanos and they both had solid weeks but uh tyler naquin by far the best um offensive player at that spot well it is only offense what am i talking it is an about
0: offensive it is only
1: offense. The, the best um player at that spot uh so far through five games uh, of course only through five games we're going to be able to get a much better feel on the players of the week once we um you know get further on in the season and we can really um see how these guys are performing compared to what they've done so far in the season but um Oh, we're just doing one pitcher, right? Starter or reliever? Um, sure. Okay. I, I, I just, I just I,
0: I, 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 I threw in a starter. I mean, it was a pretty easy choice this week. If you want to hear us really break it down, go back to yesterday's episode. Clayton Kershaw, best start of the week.
1: Yeah, best start of the week. Um, I actually picked a guy who had two starts this week. Sean Mania. No hitter through seven. In his first start yesterday, him and Logan Webb um, were battling. They it was a end the game ended two to one. Uh, they I think both of the teams scored within like the first two innings, and after that, both guys settled in and looked really good. And Sean Manaya already paying huge dividends to this Padres team. Uh, was close to picking Tyler Miguel. He he does go two and zero had a great week but I've been really impressed with what I've seen out of Sean Mania really a lot of good pitchers this week um you know LJ and I were kind of scared that the pitching would not be very good to start the season but um a lot of guys it's just been
0: incredibly inconsistent
1: (laughs) yeah uh but a lot of guys really stepping up and you're right about the inconsistency there's some days where Seems like there's absolutely no runs being scored, and then we had a day like Sunday where the teams couldn't figure out. Yeah, the teams couldn't Sorry. figure out how to get anybody out.
0: Right. So I think that's about it, unless I have half mind to change myself to Chris Bassett too. Like I feel like those are the three can't miss guys among this group it would be Kershaw, Bassett, and Minaya.
1: Yeah, that's. That's definitely a good, um, a good trio, uh, for there. One quick thing, um, Pirates signed Brian Reynolds to a two-year extension to avoid arbitration. $13.5 million guarantee, $6.75 million salaries in each of the next two seasons. Good for the Pirates, um, you know, pay the guy, uh, so you don't have to go to arbitration, um, Good for them. You know, guy had an awesome season last year. He's been good with you really since he's come up in 2019. So uh, I don't mind that at all. Great for the Pirates. Good move. Um, Player of the week.
0: Are we agreeing on this? You go. Do we want want to just say Jose Ramirez on the count of three? Yeah. Because it's it's Jose Ramirez and there's really – no one has shown up like him. Again, if I had to choose other guys off this team that I would – want to throw into that conversation it would be kershaw it would be franco now it would be chris bassett because i'm very impressed by that number
1: uh the other guy that i would offer to throw in there is also a third baseman arenado uh Mm. you know obviously you're gonna get the great uh, defensive value there and three home runs in his first four games nine rbis uh we could have you know, I would love a vintage Arenado season with the Cardinals. Wouldn't that be Wouldn't that be just great? Well, what are you necessarily
0: saying is vintage Nolan Arenado season? I mean, it's you're acting like he has been uh that bad. It was a ten percent. He was ten percent worse last year than he was the year before, compared to average. A one twenty one OPS plus is still amazing. I mean, realistically, there's no reason that you won't see him get back into that 130 range you're not gonna there's no reason not to say oh he very well could end up with a 900 ops this year
1: no uh i was you and know, he's still
0: gonna get that gold glove
1: He is gonna get the gold glove i'm i'm talking like top five mvp voting which we saw for basically from 2016 through 2019 essentially um
0: well okay and then even to but to bring that back up again, you get those hitting numbers back up. What's stopping? him? Nothing. What really Nothing. should have stopped him last year? Honestly, why didn't he? You know, I mean, a lot of it's a lot of those numbers.
1: Are I know, there I know, MVP was loaded last year. Remember?
0: But it it was, but it wasn't. I feel like if somebody put together the case for Nolan Arenado a little earlier, he's in that conversation because yes, Harper did end up pulling away with it, but there was there was very little defining the pack especially um before acuna got hurt you know so i feel like this is this year it's even more open than it was last year and he definitely can throw himself in that into that mix
1: certainly well um believe that is going to be all for today's show thank you guys for listening We'll be recording with Kevin Wilson tonight, talking some fantasy baseball, uh, just general MLB uh, news that uh, he wants to talk about. There's It's going to be a great uh, time sitting down with him and talking. has great baseball knowledge, and that will be for Friday's show. LJ and I will be back on Saturday, but until then, uh, see ya.
0: See ya.